ever um doing it solo tonight guys so you're gonna listen to me for the next half hour or so deal with it so what have i been playing this week thank you nice question um i played some of spec ops the line which is a game that you might have heard of four years ago when it was announced it's a modern military third person shooter in a middle eastern city stop me if you've heard that before but uh the developer Jaeger, spelled like not the alcohol, um, is trying to take some cues from the classic novel Heart of Darkness with um, kind of like the horrors of war. And the line specifically refers to uh, the line that all men must walk under the siege of war or something. Uh, basically, the guys you're on the mission with are gonna go crazy at some point and everything's gonna go to hell so I spent like two hours with a single player campaign uh, start you off with a pretty cinematic um, helicopter turret sequence that seems pretty adequate uh, everything it looks really good everything's very blown out visually uh, you get a bit a uh, very good sense of the Sun reflecting off sand dunes and stuff so you know that's very nice to uh, make it makes a good first impression but uh, then you're dropped into a pretty standard corridor shooter. Uh, even though you're outdoors, everything is uh, funneling you with barbed wire or wreck cars or whatever. And there's a very set path, and you got guys popping up. And uh, one thing that I enjoyed is that everything is very um, realistic in the sense that your enemies aren't bullet sponges. You, uh, you'll take maybe uh, you know two shots to the chest, one to the head and they'll drop and you know usually they're not getting back up uh, there's a pretty cool mechanic where uh, if they're, you injured a guy enough he'll be you know still clinging to life on the ground and you can just run up to him and just execute him with like some just absolutely fucking savage uh, animations where you know you just put your muzzle your gun right to this dude's head and just you know blow his brains out or uh, I guess you're stomping your foot on his chin and kind of twisting his neck and snapping it I guess that's the other thing that they do um, it's not that clear, but yeah, it's pretty savage. And uh, they say that the animations are going to get more and more brutal as the guys lose their grip on sanity as these men face the horrors of war. So, you know, the shooting action is pretty standard, but it felt very fluid. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the plot is there in the demo, but also hard to get a handle of what you're doing. Um, nobody you're with and the guy you're controlling are not very memorable from what I've seen, but uh, there's a DJ who's on the PA systems that are around town and he's taunting you, but he's American, I guess. Um, your team is three guys on a rescue mission trying to find this, you know, rogue unit that apparently went went savage and uh, started taking hostages and killing guys. So, uh, you know, you're you're trying to rescue them, quote-unquote, but eventually they turn out to be the enemy, and I guess one of their dudes is a DJ in his free time, and he's just gonna, 
he also knows what you're doing at all times, and he's gonna taunt you, I guess? I don't know. I. It seems cool, the gameplay's nice, and it, I think that that game will be a perfect pickup, about 30 or 40 bucks in, you know, a few months' time, depending on how well it does. Excuse me, I'm gonna have a drink of lemonade. Delicious. The other game I played was Lego Batman 2, DC Superheroes. Um, the 47th game in the Lego franchise. Um, once again, I only played the demo, so I got maybe an hour in with it. And that game is Lego-ass Batman. Uh, you're jumping, you're kicking dudes, they explode, pick up hearts, uh, you hold the B button to build some staircases to reach higher levels. Um, everything is very Lego gameplay, very classic. Um, I, I, uh, played the original Lego Batman when it first came out in 2008, and I enjoyed it. I got a lot of fun with co-op out of it, and this game is, uh, cut from very much the same cloth, so. Um, nothing available in the demo was the things that make this game unique. Um, they're, they're going for, like, a Justice, Justice League kind of thing, where Superman and Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern and Wolverine and, uh, all the, you know, famous DC superheroes like, uh, fucking Captain Planet are gonna be in the game. Uh, none of that was in the bit I played. I just, you know, I saw Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Two-Face, Joker, uh, your greatest hits of, you know, Batman characters, and this game, you know, seems good if you if you got kids or if you're into just simple co-op, couch co-op games, then I would go for it. It's just hard to, uh, get excited about a Batman game after having played Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Those games are so far and above any other Batman games out there that it's just gonna... You're gonna say, you know, I got this Batman game, sh you know, should I play this or should I play Arkham City? And the answer is, you should play Arkham City if you're not you know, under the age of 12, 10. Uh, Arkham City is far and away the best Batman game out there and Lego Batman looks to be a fun distraction for Batman fans or kids in the family, or uh, maybe you want to play with your girlfriend. So, that game's out now, and Spec Ops is out Tuesday. Maybe when you hear this podcast. I don't know. I don't know if this is even going up. Maybe Rock won't post this. Not up to me, it's up to him. Those are the perks of being the editor-editor. Um, as far as non-new releases, the only other thing I've been playing is the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which you may have heard of before. Um, about six hours into the game, I did my first two major quests. I went and got the Dragonstone and I got the... some other shit. Uh, basically two fetch quests. Um, I... I had this problem with Fallout 3, where I, I got the game pretty close to when it came out and, you know, played maybe an hour, and I just kind of put it down, because I wasn't feeling it, I wasn't hooked, I wasn't you know, I felt like I had other things to play that were more important, and um, it's taken me a while to get warmed up to Skyrim. I mean, I know I should play it because I know that everybody is very much into the um, Elder Scrolls series as a whole, and they also feel that this is the best of that series, and that this is you know one of the best games of last year. Um, and it seems it's beautiful to look at, and it seems like it's very well done. I just have a hard time getting into it because I don't want to read the books and, you know, magic and fantasy has been not my favorite genre 
in you know my life so yeah, I'm trying to get past the orcs and the goblins and stuff and I you know I can do that but it's just something that didn't hook me and I, I had the same thing with Fallout 3 so I I played these first two quests and I enjoyed what I did I you know I'm using two-handed weapons kind of melee step melee style uh, I enjoy that I think that that's a lot of fun I think the longbows are fun I think that exploring is neat but um, often I think the game is so massive right that you just it's easy to get lost and uh, I had this realization today I think the problem is that um, you know I'm five hours in I'm still level one which I don't know if I'm not doing it right or if this game just levels very slowly at first but um, I just I feel like I'm I'm alone in a world that I'm not prepared for that is trying to kill me and I deal with that every day in real life. I don't want to do that in a video game. And I feel like uh, the sense of vulnerability and the sense of uh, not having your bearing straight kind of impedes the urgency of exploration and uh, checking out what this game has to offer. So hopefully I'll get past that soon and I'll be able to you know dive right into Skyrim because it seems like I'm going to enjoy what is out there, but maybe... It's going to take me a little bit while longer to uh, get used to the game systems and the shouts and all that. Maybe I'll feel more powered up once I have a handle on all that stuff. So that's what I've been playing, and we will be right back with some news of the world. All right, we are back on KGB Radio with some time for news of the world. <sighs> God, this... Recording a podcast alone is maybe the loneliest, most antisocial thing that anyone could ever do, so I'm very glad I don't have to do this on a regular basis, but I'm not going to leave you guys in the lurch with two weeks of no new podcast. I'm not going to do that to you guys, so you're welcome. Uh, anyway, news. Okami is going HD on the PS3. Um, Okami was a game that originally came out on the PS2, then was re-released on the Wii and then was given a Nintendo DS sequel, which all sold kind of middling numbers, uh, but is very uh, critically uh, acclaimed. So they're going to re-release it on the PS3, so that means that this will be the third time that this game has come out for nobody to buy it. Uh, it's going to be $20, it's going to be all HD, it's going to be move compatible, so the main mechanic in the game is uh, like a paintbrush, kind of like an epic Mickey kind of thing, so it seems like it might be pretty... Uh, uh, easy to use with the PlayStation Move if anybody out there has one who I know nobody who actually owns a Move so maybe they'll get a chance to use it maybe not, I don't care um, next up we also have some news that THQ has decided to cancel the Enter the Dominatrix expansion for Saints Row 3 that was originally supposed to come out in the fall and uh, the new boss over at THQ, Jason Rubin who is a very uh, man he's a man who uh, has seemingly a tendency to not think before he speaks let's say so this dude is just he's kind of fucking up all over the place when it's his first couple weeks at THQ and that company is not doing good anyway and this guy is just kind of he's speaking his mind but he's not thinking before he says anything so he's kind of got some fans of the THQ or uh Saints Row series already riled up, so I'm sure this will get them going even more, so 
Uh, Enter Dominatrix has been cancelled. It's going to be... They're looking to fold all of that content into Saints Row 4, which will presumably be out in 2013. Uh, seemingly after GTA 5, I would imagine that GTA 5 is going to come out in May. That's going to be Rockstar's game for next year. That I, That's why I would put my money on, but you know, with Rockstar, who knows, so... Uh, Saints Row 4 is coming out 2013. It's going to have the silly stuff that they were going to put in the Domina Dominatrix expansion. And I guess if you're a fan of Saints Row the 3rd, then Saints Row the 4 is going to be even wackier. So, purple dildos for everybody. So, look for that. Looks to be something. Uh, last up in news this week, not much going on. Kind of the summer doldrums, which is why nobody wants to do this podcast. <laughs> um... Seth Killian is leaving Capcom. Seth is one of the coolest guys, maybe, in the gaming uh, community. He's very passionate about fighting games. He knows a lot about them. He's very active in the uh, Evo space. He's uh, always trying to promote the Versus series and you know, Street Fighter series, and he appears on podcasts, and he's he does the Capcom Unity blog, and he's uh, seemingly one of the coolest guys that uh, are out there, and he has decided to step down from his position at Capcom uh, last Friday. He wrote a goodbye letter thanking his fans. Uh, seemed like a you know super uh, genuine response that this guy had. Uh, let me see if I can pull up this letter here. He's he was uh, apparently a special advisor was his actual position, and um, Seth in his goodbye letter said, "I have chosen a new path which will let me embrace a new dream." But to everyone has ever believed in this dream we shared together, let me say this final thanks. I will leave as I began. Capcom fan for life. Looking forward to all the great games still to come. So, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to another gaming company. It seems like maybe he's just looking to do something else, which, I mean, if, you know, if he's looking to maybe get out of games, then more power to him. I think that the, uh, Seth Killian was one of the greatest assets that Capcom had. Uh, and he brought over Brett Elston, so, you know, he's made at least one good decision. Um, so it's going to be tough for Capcom, I think, to say goodbye to uh, this guy who was really their uh, uh, flag bearer for the, all their fighting games. And Capcom, like THQ, is another company that just can't seem to, you know, get on the same page as their fans. And. I think this Seth Killian went a long way towards kind of bridging those uh, differences, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen when uh, Seth Killian finally decides to, you know, leave the company and see where that Capcom heads in the future. So that was news to the world. Man, I'm so alone. Okay, we'll be right back with uh, something third segment stuff that's going up on the site next week so look forward to look forward to that be right back all right we are back on kgb radio oh hell no uh so third segment which is where we talk about things that are going up on the site and they have gone up on the site so as you may have noticed last week we uh sat out podcasting everybody uh had other shit to do so uh since the last time we spoke, things that went up on the site, we had Humor Tumor wrote up Crystal's Ponytail, which is a Sega Genesis game that he played as a kid. 
Uh, Human Tumor has maybe the weirdest childhood that I have ever heard of. This guy played some shitty games. Uh, it was just a weird guy. Weird kid. So, uh, I always enjoy uh, Humor Tumor's uh, Nostalgia Memory Lane article, so that was good to see. Uh, check it out. It's called The Unintentional Horror of Crystal's Ponytail. Uh, ponytail is T-A-L-E. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a play on words. Uh, Dan Bethel stopped by with another Trials by Fire titled Echoes in Hallways in which he looked at South Park Tenement's Revenge and The Walking Dead uh, series by shit who does that Traveler's Tales or Telltale one of those companies that has two T's in their names um, it was really just uh, Dan's chance to uh, talk about adapting TV shows into video games and other mediums so uh, incredibly well written like all of Dan's articles are uh, always over my head so uh, <laughs> uh, check it out Dan is probably the best best writer that we have and uh, he's a special guest so that kind of goes to show what we have to catch up to um, I posted a thing called tickets to Nintendo Land looking on the bright side of E3 and uh, that was kind of a reaction to all of the Negativity that was coming out of E3 uh, that I myself contributed to. I, I I'm not innocent in this. I live tweeted along with Pat the uh, Nintendo and Sony press conferences and some other stuff, and uh, those are good for humor and uh, off the cuff ribbing. But you know, when the whole internet jumps on a bandwagon and just tries to shit on everything they see. It can be a little, it can be a little bit much. So, I I tried to uh, take off my internet snark hat and put on my positivity beanie and uh, the thing with the propeller on top. I don't know what to call it. Is that a beanie? Is it is a beanie a snow hat or is a beanie a thing with a propeller like the little rascals wear? I don't know. You tell me. Write on to no griefers at twitter gmail dot com. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so I tried to get past the, uh, very Japanese ness of the Nintendo press conference and the awkward 15 minute demonstration of how the batteries work in Nintendo Land. And, uh, there were some good things to come out of press conferences. There was a new Mario, new, new Mario Brothers game, and those games sell, like, buttered hotcakes on a cold winter's day in Wisconsin. Uh, that that game, if it launches with a system, stands to sell 20 million easily. Probably double that over the lifetime of the system. Uh, Pikmin 3 is a game that people have been asking for for a long time. It's one of Shigeru Miyamoto's uh... God damn it. Shigeru Miyamoto always... Oh, hell, are you like a pickling? <sighs> it's even sadder when you're just doing an impression for nobody but yourself. Uh, <laughs> so, Pikmin 3 is a game that I guess Pikmin fans will enjoy. It looked to be a lot of the same, but it looked visually better, which I guess is all Nintendo is trying to do with this system, is just make their same games and make them look better, so... Pikmin 3 is another game. Super Smash Brothers is being developed by Namco Bandai. That didn't come out of the E3 meeting, but it came out when the uh, Nintendo Direct 
press conferences, so... Uh, Smash Brothers fans will probably enjoy it, I guess. I mean, you can't really mess with that formula too much, or else you risk just pitchforks and, you know, terribleness, so... That game will probably be good, too. Um, Zombie U, uh, M-rated zombie shoot first-person shooter. From Ubisoft looked unique, if nothing else. I mean, the uh, bit they showed at the press conference and at the other showings they had at E3 uh, looked to take you know unique advantage of that tablet screen pad. You could use it as a scanner to see through doors and walls and find useful objects. It worked as your inventory screen, so you can kind of spur the moment, switch back and forth kind of dynamically. Um, it worked as a melee tool where you could shake the tablet if you had a zombie on you that would kind of, you know, force them off. That seemed kind of neat. I mean, it seems like they're at least trying. Uh, you know, way more than that shitty crap that they bolted onto Batman Arkham City. I mean, who the fuck cares about the ability to control a battering with your finger? It's hard enough to control the battering with the joysticks in the main game. You're not going to have any fucking fun tracing a path with your finger for the goddamn batterings. Who thinks that that is a selling point? Besides Reggie. That's not a selling point. That's just... It's just shovelware crap. It's... Hey, we need Batman on our system at launch, even though it came out a year ago. And can you do something special with the tablet? And it's basically Rocksteady saying... No, they can't do anything special with this system, because it's just not how it was designed, you know? They just... They can't kind of shoehorn in stuff like this because it's, it's you know, that's not what the game was designed for and they're not going to just, you know, make up something revolutionary in the nine months they have to turn us around, so. It's disappointing to see, I guess, that some of the first games to the Wii U aren't going to take great advantage of the what makes the Wii U special, but it's kind of, you know, if you sat and thought about it, it's what else were they going to do, so. You know, that was that. And, uh, other things up on the site. This week we have I wrote up the Spec Ops, I wrote up Batman, Lego Batman 2 like I talked about earlier. Um, Rock has a review of Dragon's Dogma going up. He seems to enjoy it, I guess, which I guess that game is oddly polarizing. Uh, I played the demo, I thought it had some good ideas, I thought it kind of reeked of mediocrity. <laughs> um, but you know, Rock seemed to enjoy it. He spent a ton of time with it. He's working hard on this review to, uh, you know, trying to trying to wrap his mind around what he thinks about that game. So look forward to that this week and uh, this podcast you're listening to right now. And maybe we'll have something else go up. We might not. Who knows? Who knows what's going on around here at KGB? Um, I updated all the backlogs of our features and our reviews, so... If you are ever on the site and you can't find anything on the main page that you haven't read, please click through on those features and uh, go back, go down to the bottom, go back to the start. We uh, almost been active for a year. We have 200 and you know 50, 300 articles for you guys to read. So check that out. Everybody's worked really hard on their own specific articles. So. Uh, the reviews I think we have are some of the best. You know, we're not able to get them up as timely as others, but I think all the reviews on the site are incredibly well written. So we're all very proud of the 
stuff that we have in the archive, so go check that out if uh, you can't find anything on KGB to read. And um, I guess that that's that. I guess we're getting a... This podcast is really short when you're doing it alone. It's like a half hour. Uh, who knew? Who knew that it'd be hard to do a one-man podcast, so... Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sorry that nobody else could be here, but those are my thoughts about the week of video games. <laughs> um, uh, check us out on Twitter at Known Griefers. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Known Griefers. Uh, KGB Radio on iTunes. Review us. Recommend us to some friends. Uh, maybe don't recommend the, this episode, <laughs> but uh, there's some good ones in there. And um, KnownGriefers.com is the website. Uh, check us out, I guess. Thanks for listening, and everybody, I hope you have a great night. Goodbye. Mr. Sandman, bring